Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Conti Fitness. Get the best in personal and online training and coaching, where you will find monthly online unlimited yoga packages, run training, play yoga, motivational speaking, and more. If that's not all, find out how to get the newest facial exercise program and manual. Let's face it together. Go to ContiFitness.net to find out more. High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with online health coaching sessions with High Five Health and Fitness. Also brought to you by Revolution Running. Join world-renowned Dr. Jason Karp for a workshop or certification near you. Author of Run Your Fat Off, Inner Runner, and so many more books. That's R-E-V-O-2-L-U-T-I-O-N, running.com. Also brought to you by 361 Degrees. For the best in athletic footwear and apparel, go one degree beyond with 361 Degrees. For codes and promos, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just all right, you know. Oh, really? No, Not I'm kidding. fantastic. I'm kidding. It's Amazing. like an 80 degree day on it, and uh, we haven't had too many of those lately, so. Yeah. I'm digging it. I love it. We're at the Jersey Shore, mm-hmm. and uh, the weather's supposed to take a nosedive again in the next couple of days and get cold. So Just in time for you to run the Boston Marathon, Christine. Great. Yeah, well, this isn't going to air until after the marathon is over. So, All right, well. Yeah, so we'll just, see. Let's just pretend like, uh, you know, we'll put you in a snow globe. Mm-hmm. and uh, Yeah, my husband ordered me waterproof um, lined gloves for five ninety nine on Amazon. And I knew the weather was going to be bad when a couple of days ago he said, what size gloves are you? <laughs> and I'm like, why is that? I found these waterproof. And I'm like, you looked at the weather, didn't you? And it didn't change. He's like, um, well, um, so, and. I'm the worst at that. I found this stuff that you spray. My One of my girlfriends, you spray your shoes and they become water resistant. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what? It's like, it's whatever what? it's going to be, it's going to be. And you're running anyway. So, you know, I, I am the word. I, I look at the weather. If I've got a marathon coming up, I look at the weather 15 minutes. Bring it, like, weather Every gods. 15 minutes. You know. What do you got? What but, do you got for me? Look, this is all in the rear view because by the time this, this one comes out, you're going to be done. I'm going to be. With a new PR. Out of the med tent by then and all good to go. <laughs> Good right. to go. So with that said, we are getting right into this today. I heard a dog bark. I heard it. And that's okay because this is life. And that dog was barking, I think, from somewhere in somewhere and I refer to it as upstate New York. Is that right, Carly? It's not eighty degrees here. Oh, oh. okay. Well yeah. now we're the assholes like the people in Florida have been all winter long, you know? All the people yeah. we talked to Everybody's in that California. To me, so. Oh well, so here's the deal, everyone. Um 
two fit crazies are welcoming another fit crazy today, Miss Carly Taylor, who is the mastermind behind Bar Flow. And I'm really excited because we have not talked about any sort of bar programs or bar fitness or anything. And I'm not talking about like saddling up to the bar and ordering drinks. Um, when Carly says, meet me at the bar, which I love. I love that play, um, that play on words. When you're talking about meet me at the bar, it's not B-A-R. What is it, Carly? It's bar with an E, like the ballet bar. Oh. So yeah. I am super excited for our listeners to get a little taste of what this is and who you are. And and because some people think, oh, bar, like a ballet bar, that's just for girls or that's not a workout. And I just want to let everyone know that I um, did take a bar flow workout and I literally got my butt kicked. It hurt. I was hurting. Carly, I was hurting. My butt Love. hurt. My Oh, my my hamstrings, my quadricep muscles. I'm like, are we done? Are we done? Can, do we have to do another set of this? And Counting the minutes. Literally, I'm, you know, I, I like that you know, the endurance athletes and the, you know, running marathons and things like that. Yet I do this and I'm like practically crying. So that's awesome. I love that. love it. So can uh, you tell our listeners, first off, where, where are you from? So where are you located right now? I'm located in upstate New York, right outside of Albany, but I'm from Jersey, just like you. Get out. Where? I was born in Ridgewood, grew up in Patterson, so all over the state. My mom lives in Warren County. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Jersey girl. And and Albany's awesome. That's uh that's nice nice up there. It is. It's uh there's a ton of fitness stuff going on up here, so it's a good place to be. I love it. So let's talk about before we get into bar flow, how did you get into fitness? So I know a lot of people that we talk to, their journey's not always a clear cut you know, hey, okay, I was exercise science and I did this and, and I just, all of it. it. It's always not rainbows and butterflies for everyone. So how did you, even before we talk about bar flow, get into this fitness journey? So was it something that influenced you growing up or what was it? No way. I think uh, a lot of us <laughs> in the industry, we don't look for fitness. Fitness kind of finds us and we're the ones that have that burning passion for it. I, I didn't go to school for it. I actually moved up here in 2000 for my PhD in criminal psychology. Wow. So, yeah, so definitely wasn't on the fitness bandwagon then. I was a runner, but I didn't really think that I could make a job out of this. So um, I started getting into fitness in college because I'm a recovered anorexic. So went through a lot of eating disorder issues in my teens, early 20s, and decided that if I was going to put weight on my body and be healthy, I was going to do it right, and I was going to help other people do it right. So that's how I got into it. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. It started with teaching spinning in the 90s and really never looked back. I got every certification I could and just kept learning more. The question, I guess, is so you're starting with spinning teaching mm -hmm. that. And now how did that evolve to, I'm the creator of Barflow, and I've got this amazing idea and I travel around the country and certify people. How did that evolve? Cause that, I mean, Barflow and, and again, you're a runner. You're, so you weren't like a ballerina ever. Oh, oh God, no. There's a reason my mother didn't <laughs> name me Grace. 
I am not a dancer, have never been a dancer, and as much as I try, will never be a dancer. Because um, you, you think about most people that are in bar, they grew up with this extensive dance ballet background, you know? Yeah, maybe that's what gives me the edge, I don't know, or maybe it's the handicapped, but uh, it's definitely more accessible to your average person and athletes from kind of every walk of life. It's not just for dancers. So how did, so how did you go from spinning to to getting into this because it just seems for me it, it seems like two different things yet I mean I, I obviously experienced it and it was not a there was nothing dainty about what was happening on this yeah. bar for for yeah, me yeah. anyway and you definitely you know you what's the word it's not not nice but there was definitely no sympathy in the let's go let's squat lower it wasn't like a yes you can do this it was a you're gonna do this and it's gonna burn and this is the way it's gonna be I personally yes, love it. He's not my strong point. I don't know. I, I have trouble with that sometimes in the fitness side. Um, I Spinning is where it started, and then I got personal training after that and all sorts of group fitness and um, pretty much wore every single hat in the fitness industry. I was the vice president of sales for a major gym chain for seven years, so I've been on both sides of it. And then about four years ago, I bought a hot yoga studio up in Albany. And I needed to find a bar program that I could bring in and have for my students, and I couldn't find one that I liked. So I could have either been, have been the only studio without bar and hate on it, or I could create my own, and that's kind of what I did. So what is bar exactly for, the, for our listeners that are like, what the heck is this? How would you describe it in general and then maybe describe how yours is different? So bar is based on some of the fundamental positions from ballet. It uses the ballet bar for stability, and it's, it's based on an eight count, which is ballet. But it's very small, little, tiny movements that when done at very high repetitions burn like hell. So amen. Um, so, there's no impact. It's really, really small and controlled. And it grew out of the New York City Ballet, Lottie Burke, in the 70s, and it's kind of exploded in the last 10 years as a fitness trend. So it's morphed in lots of different ways. It's fused with everything else now. It's fused with yoga. It's fused with Pilates. It's fused with classic strength training. Some people use weights. Some people use balls. There's so many different ways um, that places incorporate bar into their training. But bar flow is a vinyasa-style bar. So it takes my vinyasa yoga background and my corrective exercise background and puts them together with a little bit of classic bar to create um, a workout that's 45 minutes in length and it's total body, no impact, and really corrective in nature. Carly, will you tell our listeners what vinyasa is? Because a lot of people don't realize all the difference. I mean, I was Hatha yoga was my background for 20 years. I was teaching that. But what the heck does that mean, that vinyasa for people? So vinyasa has two really basic meanings, and it's either to place movement with breath or to place movement with intention. And what it really means is instead of doing sets and reps, you flow from one movement to the next to the next. So it's just kind of a steady movement pattern all the way through the workout. It's really great for a mind-body connection. You really kind of get lost in the flow. I really like it. It's it's actually my when I take a yoga class, I look for the vinyasa because it, just because of that, it keeps my wandering mind kind of moving on to the next thing instead of you know regrouping and coming back to to the other. 
um, you know, so that's, uh, that's awesome. I, I think it's, uh, it's a very cool thing. So how did you, how do you exactly combine the two, you know, the two, the two genres, the two different types of exercises? It's really, it uses yoga poses as the stretches to counteract the movements and all of the movements are done in that vinyasa style. So we go from one movement that can naturally progress into the other. So instead of stopping, resetting, and like you said, allowing people's mind to wander, we go from, say, a narrow stance squat right to a wide stance squat. And that movement, that transition, becomes a movement in the workout. So I think the real difference in bar flow is the fact that the meat of the program isn't really those bar movements. Because a squat is a squat is a squat, right? But the meat of the program is the transitions. It's how we get from one thing to the next and how we do it safely and effectively and efficiently. So now do you believe that that kind of sets your program apart from some of the other, you know, bar programs that are out there? Because again, I, I personally really enjoyed bar flow. And again, I love to take every single class. I just, I, I love learning and I, I just, I love getting more and more information and it was such a great full body workout. How, you know, why did you see the need for this type of program in the industry right now? If I'm being 100% honest with you, it's because I took so many bar classes and found so many contraindications woven into programs and so many ways that I felt people could get hurt or injured. And I wanted to take something that was safe and scalable. So bar is really specific to classic ballet. And when you take that into the general population of fitness, they don't have those skills, that proprioception, even that knowledge of their body. So to be able to take some of those movements, scale them down a bit and make them safe, that was kind of my motivation. So what, what, uh, what, I want to know right now is someone steps into your class. Someone says, all right, I'm going to try this bar flow. What should they expect? Like when they come in is, you know, for our listeners out there, is there a, you know, natural warm up, um, you know, like a section and a cool down or, you know, for these 45 minutes, someone comes up to you, you know, what's your pit? And they say, what is this? What do I do? What, what can I expect? What do you tell them? hopefully to walk in with a completely open mind with no expectations because it is different from any other bar or yoga class you've taken. But every bar flow class is 45 minutes and every bar flow class consists of three blocks. The first block is on the mat and that's more of a power yoga inspired vinyasa flow. The second block is at the bar, which is the ballet movements and it is also a vinyasa style flow. And then the third block is more choppy. It's designed to be that way because we want the heart rate to start to come down following that classic bell curve of a class. And the last block is where some of the really specific core movements happen. So you're not using your specific core movements in the beginning, so you don't want to tire out your core before you have to use it to stabilize at the bar. How does it uh, how does it translate? Now, Christine obviously had a great workout from it. Uh, I've watched the videos myself. I was sore for like three days. Let's yeah. be honest. Okay, so and and so and and I consider Christine to be you know a supreme athlete. She's very fit and and you know so if this is something that took her to that level, um, how is it that um, you see that people who are you know at a lesser uh, level or an entry level to fitness, how does that work for them? Is it something that's uh, that's difficult for them? Is it adaptable? 
It's totally adaptable, and it's not even a workout that needs classic modifications. At any level, you can walk in and do the entire workout, but it's based on your flexibility level, your strength level. Maybe you do things with one foot in the air. Maybe you have both feet on the ground. Maybe you have your knees on the ground, but any level can come in and do the whole workout. They don't feel like they need to sit out or take a break. Or My goal is not to have anyone leave feeling like they've failed. Right. And the thing about an elite athlete is we tend to overtrain certain things. And when we overtrain certain things, we neglect other things. And the bar flow programming is really designed to target those muscles that most of us neglect and move through movements and planes of motion that most of us neglect. And especially when you do like 85 repetitions, it really say, gets in there after a while. Christine you know? probably cranked it up a notch. I mean, the, the, with that uh, that elite <laughs> athlete level comes that mentality of, I'm going to crank this thing. So I, I, I know my girl here, and uh, I'm sure that she did uh, push herself a little bit. It was great, though. It was absolutely great. So, Carla, the other question that we have for you. So came up with the program, and now – you, you know, again, we talk a lot to people who, you know, come up with programs or, you know, in top of the industry like yourself. How now you came up with the whole idea. You started teaching it. And now, obviously, you're backed by all of the accredited companies out there. So what's the goal now? Is it to just go out and certify instructors and spread it that way? Or what's kind of the goal you have for Barflow at this point? In the next three years, I want to be in every single state in the U.S. So that's my big goal. I want to have certified instructors in every state. And my five-year goal is to have this program incorporated into something bigger, whether it's, I don't even know if I should say it, put it out there, Les Mills or Beachbody or something like that, have someone bigger incorporate this into their program and say, you know what, there's a need for this type of workout in what we offer. All right, so hashtag Les Mills Beachbody. Don't you worry, okay? <laughs> We're on it. We're we on are it. on it. The two fit crazies will uh, will get that out there to them. So how, don't how you worry. You, how are you going about your certifications right now? Is it all live? Is it uh, is it done uh, over the internet? Right now, it's all live. We have an online certification, but you also should we encourage you to come to a workshop as well? Um, the online is not a full cert; it's more of a workshop. How do you feel about the, I'm going to ask you this. How do you oh. feel about the online versus the live? Because I have, I, I argue with people all the time, all the time. And I've done live and I've done online and whatnot. What's your, what's your take on this? I really, I'm not a fan of the online. The only reason I did it is because there is a need for it. And I am just one person and I cannot reach every single person in the U.S. and go to every single gym and studio out there. So the online version meets a need, but it is not ideal. I can't watch someone move. I can't give them the little tiny corrections that will really change the way that they work out themselves and the way that they teach. I think hands-on is so important. And I think in a training, if you're learning to teach something, the only way to learn to teach something is to teach it. So my two-day certification is really heavily focused on the students' teaching. Talk about um, what you do because yours is a two-day certification, which is very intense. Um, Many times, and again, myself, I teach certifications and they're day certifications. And most of the people that I work with are are 
you know, fitness professionals already. They've got a million certifications or they've got degrees in exercise science, things like that, where, you know, I may not be teaching them brand new moves or brand new ways to hold their body like you're doing. Um, so I think there's a difference. One of the things that you talked about is, is corrective exercise. And mm-hmm. is there, I mean, what are some things that you may go over in that live certification or even you go over with your students? I know some of it's postural, like the way you hold your body that you may not be able to get if you're online. So much of what we do is posture and the problem with online is every single person, every single body is different. So an adjustment that may make a world of difference in your posture, I can't see that through a computer. They can't see that. They don't read the words and put that towards their own body. They can read the words and put their shoulders down and back and pull their belly in and up, but that doesn't mean that what they look like is the right form for them. I think um, you know, there's 10 billion people in the world. There are 10 billion versions of every single pose and posture. And online, you just don't get a good picture on that. Hands-on, you can really adjust things for your own limitations, your own ability, your own postural aberrations, because we all have messed up bodies, whether they're from injuries, overuse, just our regular everyday activities. I think that's a huge difference between online and in-person. But I really think that the in-person is important because the students get to teach. You know, that's it's one of the things that we do here is that people who have these certifications prefer not to have the online certifications. It's almost like a necessary evil, like you know, just like you're saying, you don't want to really have it, but you have to have it because the other, you know, yep. companies might have it, and you know, if they didn't have it, well, gladly you you put yours away too. And uh, the second thing is, I just um, adjusted my posture when you said posture, so <laughs> well done. You know, it's a lot of quality control. If if you're in front of me and you're teaching to me, then I feel really confident with you going out and sharing my brand. But if you haven't taught it to me and I don't see your form, I'm not as confident. So the online is not ideal for me. Got it. So here's here's another flip side or here's another thing I want to ask you. Um, you not only have presented with bar flow and travel around with that, but don't you lecture a little bit as well? I do. Yeah, I do postural lectures. I do lectures on alignment, corrective exercise, all sorts of stuff. Um, present for personal training certifications. So my passion is really training trainers. Beautiful. So what are some of the things that you really focus on? I mean, do you have do you have lectures written out that you you know de- that you travel with, or what are some of your favorite things to to speak about? My favorite lecture right now is a Barflow branded one, and it's called What the Tuck. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's all about that. It's all about your pelvic tilt, basically. But the bar phenomena has brought this whole tuck your tail thing to light, and it's really kind of unsafe. So really bringing that to the forefront and getting people to think about tucking their tail under is just neutral pelvis. And we don't want to walk around looking like Steve Urkel at the ballet bar. <laughs> How does, I mean, how does that affect people? That's my, my other question. Cause everyone, it seems like, I'm sorry to say everyone, but it pretty much is almost uh, everyone has terrible posture and yeah. we're driving, we're texting, we're in front of a computer. What are some things that you could tell people or what do you see out there that, that needs to be corrected? That obviously I was kind of 
wanted you to say the, the what the tuck because <laughs> I remember that and, uh, and I just think it's so funny. It's so creative. But what are some of the things that you tell people to, to try and get them in better posture? There are some really simple little things that you can do that will make a world of difference. Like when you're driving your car, bring your head all the way back to touch your headrest because every single one of us has some degree of forward head. Every single one of us. And, you know, for every inch your chin comes forward, it's an extra 10 pounds of pressure on your cervical spine. Think about that. Sure. Which is crazy. So just pull your head back on the headrest and that will help. Um, for two minutes a day, one minute in the morning and one minute at, at night, stand up against the wall with the back of your head against the wall, your butt against the wall, the backs of your elbows and the backs of your hands, so your arms are 90 degrees, kind of like goalposts, and just stand there with an open chest, open shoulders, and the wall becomes support. It helps your front body turn off so your back body can remember how to turn on. Simple, easy to do, easy not to do. And you do. said that's two, minute, two minutes a day? Twice. Yeah, it's two yeah. minutes a day, one minute in the morning, one minute at night, and it'll make a huge difference in your posture. You can consider that one done. I'm, I'm on it. Yeah, try it. Seriously. Yeah, Brian has been as we're sitting here. I wish oh, we were live because he's doing all of what you're saying and it's really awkward. Come on. This is uh... – It's so <laughs> uncomfortable. But first, when you start doing it and after about two weeks, it won't be quite as uncomfortable. But you know, because we're so slouched and slumped over, the muscles in the front of our body just get used to being that way. And over time, the muscles in the back of our body forget how to hold this upright. It's amazing. So it's kind of like reminding the back body how to work and encouraging the front body to, to turn off. That's crazy. It's it's so easy and so hard at the same time. And we yeah, see easy to do, easy not to do. And we see it so much, dude. Like you know, like just like you said, the the the, the head forward just a little bit. I mean, I I work with a lot of runners, so the posture and the head above the shoulders is is really something that we try and maintain, not too far back, not too far forward. And, and, yeah. you know, and, and no side to side and, and just like really trying to maintain that thing. But, you know, what I always see in the posture is just getting worse and worse and worse at a younger age because of the kids, you know, and they're playing with the, the, the phones and they have the rounding of the shoulders. Oh. And we're really seeing like a, the, epi, the asthma epidemic really, you know, increasing and going through the roof because of they're, they're not developing their lungs in the way that they should be. They're playing games. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're really just not holding their bodies like they should. It's so important. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, yeah, think about it. As the shoulders roll forward, you're just compressing your chest. You're decreasing your lung capacity. Exactly. So the more you hunch over, the less of a full breath you can take in. Sit down and crunch down and try to take a full breath. It's not possible. That's right. Sitting more in school, you know, sitting more in school, playing the video games, on the phones, just everything is just coming forward and the head is down. I even saw, like, who do we say? Well, Tony Garrow was on our podcast and he said there's an apparatus now that will actually hold the phone up in front of you like a, like, you know, so you can hold it in front of your face. It's like now they're designing things to make this, you know, more adaptable to this horrible, you know, physical behavior that we're putting these kids in it's, and, and, and adults. And they're making yeah. money off of it, you know. Of course. So, Carly, we've talked a lot with people about the fitness industry and where you see it going and, and where it currently is at this point. And I know, you know, being that you've created a program and you do have you do have the ability to get the word out there about fitness and about health and, you know, again, about your posture and the importance of movement. What, what do you see going on right now in the fitness industry, whether it's 
positive or negative? What do you, what do you see right now as important or, you know, good or bad? What do you think? I think we just need to make things um, fun again. And there are some people out there that we know that are, that are trying to make things fun again. And I think that's really important. Fitness has been a chore for a while and people think about it as something they have to do and not something they want to do. So in a positive, I think that's a good thing that's going on. There's more things out there that are trying to make fitness fun, like recess type classes. And um, on a negative, I think we overcomplicate stuff so much. Just move, you know, stop throwing so many different workouts and toys and gadgets at people and just get out there and move. I always joke with people that want to ask me why we don't use weights in bar flow and why you don't use bands in bar flow. It's like, Hey, I've got a great idea. Why don't you grab some weights, a resistance band, a spin bike and a BOSU and let's go to the pool. (laughs) (laughs) So true. It's so true. It's, you know, it's a, it's a disease, this complication that we need the clutter, you know, it's, it's crazy. They, uh... I think we, we're bored as instructors. And because we're bored, we keep throwing things at people thinking, well, if we're bored, they must be bored. Well, if they're bored, we're boring. That's, so There you go. I, I have to say you are – just about everybody that, that comes on says that there's just a need to make it fun again. And really the idea that I had with Christine, I mean uh, when we had uh, uh, you know some, some other people on, um, you know Fabio Camana came on and he said the same thing. It just oh, Carly has, and I know Fabio. All right. So, so – yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, uh, Jonathan Ross came on and he said the same thing. We like, you know, there's just this need to make it fun again. Alana Sand, Elena Sanders came mm-hmm. on, same thing. Like, I almost feel like there's just has to be like, I know that that's kind of a push and I know that, that, we're, that we're hearing these things. It's almost like we need to have the round table and really have like this meeting of the minds. Let's have this. a fun forum. <laughs> a fun forum. I'm in. Count me in. Because it's, it's what is needed. It's kind of gone like that pendulum swings so far with like the aggressive and, you know, and, and plates and weights and all these things that's not really inviting to most people that need the fitness the most. Um, you know, and, and I think that it's great that you could develop something that is, you know, you know, accessible and adaptable and, you know, and fun. I think it's important. And I think it's, we have to figure out a way to make it fun for kids too and not, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about structured exercise classes for kids, but I'm not a fan. I I don't know what happened to the day when you drive through a suburban neighborhood and see all sorts of kids outside playing because you don't anymore. Well, Brian and I definitely harp on our children to get outside and put the, you know, whatever their computer of choice is away. Unless, of course, I mean, there's a time and place for a video game. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Or if you're doing something for school, but... Don't tell me you're going to be playing games or watching whatever on your computer. Get outside. It's called a bike, a basketball <laughs> hoop, a frisbee. Yeah. You know, again, I think, you know, you have to, as a parent, really, really in- endorse that and push it. Because right now, again, I don't know how much you're working with kids, but you should even more. I'm going to throw that out there because they need it. Um, they're not getting these great role models from home all the time. And we think that, oh, they'll just play at home more. And no, they're not. And I know. And that's, it's hard. It's the parents think it's a chore. So if the parents are negative about exercise, guess who's going to be negative about exercise? And most parents don't exercise and exercise has been, like you said, it's been a chore. Exercise doesn't have to be a chore. Riding your bike with your kid should not be torture. For either right. person. And, uh, you know, oh, there's there's the dogs. We're getting nuts. See? 
I lo- oh, no. <laughs> the masses. I'm sorry. That's okay. So, and, and, you know, and, and really the other thing that I see with the youth sports and really something that's taken over is that, you know, it, it becomes something that's so expensive. Um, yeah. you know, and, and these kids, you know, need to have the, the camps and the instructors and all that stuff. I didn't have any of that stuff. It was like, you know, come back when the streetlights come on. I, I have three boys. They're nine, five, and four. If they don't get outside and play, they're going to break my house. <laughs> like they, they're just, you know, it's, or break you mentally. Or, or mentally, you know, it's just, there's too much energy and, you know, and, and it's, it's great. You know, we've, it's like, it's, you know, winter time is over and we're, they're outside now and it's fantastic. But, you know, I have, I have parents come to me. I coach a lot of runners, and I have parents come to me, and they have a 10-year-old daughter. Took a call this week. 10-year-old daughter wants me to work with their runner. Can you improve their running? I said, yeah, go play soccer. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, or go, you know, and, and as much as I would like to help them, it's like there's a million things. Go go play tag. Yeah. So. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's it's uh it's interesting. It's interesting. That's uh, We took a little spin there. We went off on a tangent with the youth sports. It's... Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone is for the children. <laughs> All right. It's for the people. Right. But it's important. I think that, you know, what, what you have going with Barflow and the influence that you can, even if you're just influencing the parents, that trickles down to the kids. And have you done, that's my question, have you done Barflow with kids? No. <gasps> Would you? Me, personally, not my bag. <laughs> Have any of your instructors um, tried it out with with the kids? We have a few sports teams. So we have some high school sports teams that use it. Um, We do. We have softball. We have field hockey that have used it locally. So that's great. And it's really a lot of the movements help with the overtrained muscles from bigger sports. So we really focus on the glutes. We focus on the adductors and abductors. We focus on stretching the quads and the hip flexors. So... Um, a few local girls sports teams have found some serious benefit from taking the class, but on a younger level, we haven't done that at all. Okay. That that was one of the questions I had, you know, with athletes using it, they're finding it beneficial, which is good to hear. Um, yeah. We have a bar flow for runners that we run through um, our local fleet feet. Awesome. Fleet feet. You just read my mind because that was my next question. I wanted you to talk to me about that because that's that's ground zero. I mean, every sports and you know every running injury is you know comes from the hips. It's hips and arse, and it's uh, you know and everything down the chain. Um, So tell us how how that works for you. We really we really focus on opening up the hip flexors, using the glute meds, firing the glutes, taking pressure off of the quads. So all of that stuff counteracts that sagittal movement of running. We're set, you know, a lot of ways that the runners just run and I have, I tell them, you know, like we have to do more than that or else, yeah. you know, this break is, we're going to take the break from running and, you know, and kind of do it one way or another, you know, we're going to take it and kind of get strong in some ways and, and continue running along the way. But, um, or the break is going to take you, uh, you know, from, from overuse and, and, you know, or training, you know, too much intensity and, you know, towards certain races, like you can only peak so many times. So if we're really going in that direction, we have to do all the strengthening work or else it's just going to end in a way that, you know, we're, we're, we're not looking for, you know, um, and, and I know for me, if I don't do this stuff and, you know, not bar flow, but, but the strength training that I do, um, it's tough for me to be consistent with running, uh, you, you know, get a little bit older and the miles add up and, and, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get 
injured if I don't do that stuff. So it's more about staying on the roads than it is taking you off the roads to do some of this, you know, ancillary stuff. Oh yeah. That's how I got into yoga was being an injured runner. So I got into yoga that way. And that kind of, that's how I got into fitness. Yeah. Yep. It's, and it's all of you guys that I argue with all the time with all the runners who hate me because I'm like, I don't run as much. And they're like, you have to run. I said, I do all these other things. And guess what? I don't get hurt. Not so right. knock on wood. Well, pff, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's been a long time. But it's a thing. I literally argue with runners or people who really just load up on one sport because they're hurt a couple times a year. And really working with different programs, I mean – Bar flow is amazing for your hips. It was. I just thought it was so great that, again, my runners out there, listen carefully. All right, you need the yoga. You need the bar flow. I always say, you know, I teach them play yoga. You need this stuff as supplemental to what you're doing. I want you to run. It's, it's very, you know, like not spiritual, but it really is oh, a, you know, it's sure. your church. Sometimes, you know, people say, you know, they're not in a good mood. They need a nap. I need a run. That's my nap. <laughs> And it just everything that you're thinking about in life, it really, you know, almost all your worries kind of go away or they're not as bad after you're done with that run. I mean, they'll be back. There's things that'll be back waiting for you, but it's, it's so important to get that, uh, get that mindfulness almost. You get it from yoga, you get it from running, whatever it is that really makes your, your heart happy and you shine. So that's so important. I'm glad that you uh glad that you said that. So are you still racing? What are you up to? Do you have any uh races coming up? I do. I have uh the Boilermaker, which is in Utica and in July and that's a fifteen K and then I'm doing what am I doing? I'm doing a marathon in Boise, Idaho in October. Wow, that's interesting. What made you choose yeah. that one? Uh well I didn't really. I have a friend who's trying to do fifty under fifty. Okay. So um I've committed to doing one full a year with him. And it, it'll probably be his ninth full this year because he's nuts. So, <laughs> that is and nuts. how did I pick Boise? That was the one no one else wanted to go to with him. So there I go. I'm going to Idaho. <laughs> it's amazing up there. I think you'll have a good time. Oh, I'm excited. I've yeah. never been. Yeah. So it should be uh, flat and fast. Oh, that's cool. And, and uh, Boilermaker's a legendary race. That's, uh, that's oh, a, it's one yeah. of my favorites. That's awesome. Good for you. Where's that one? Utica. It's in Utica. Oh, okay. Okay. And what's so? what's the big deal about that one? Like it's just the crowd participation and it's uh, every mile there's bands and everybody that lives in all the neighborhoods comes out and performs on their front lawns. I mean, everything like pots and pan bands to belly dancers. And then, you know, it's sponsored by Saranac Brewery. So there's a big beer tent at the end. So that's always fun. And it's just been around for like, well, you know, many years. I mean, isn't it like a 40, 50 yeah. year type of race? Yeah. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. It's like the biggest thing in Utica. It's the biggest thing Utica has. <laughs> <laughs> the claim to fame. All right. <laughs> so I have, um, I you know, some of what you're saying with the the hip strength and the and the you know the pelvic tilt and and those things. Um, you know, always we're actually our next guest that's coming on is a is a is a PT that's a pelvic floor um, expert oh, wow. and specializes in pelvic floor. And so I really, you know, that kind of has my mind on some certain things, um, along those lines, uh, benefits of bar flow for, uh, pregnant women, postpartum women. Um, how do you, what are you seeing with that? Oh my God. The pelvic floor strengthening and the hip flexibility and the lower back health for both of those populations is huge. I have women who've taken bar flow right up until a week before delivery and have come back as soon as they've been cleared. And 
I have some great testimonials of people who did it with their second and not with their first and made a world of difference. That's very cool. I'm going to connect you too because uh, she's a, uh, Abby Bales is a friend of mine and she's in Manhattan, but uh, but she's and she's going to be our next guest on the show. So you'll be one week and she'll be the next week. Uh, nice. So it's cool that you guys are coming in in, uh, in line like that. I'll definitely connect you too because uh, I think that you'd be beneficial for each other. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, so what are the next states that you're launching, Carly, with Barflow? I'm going to be local for a while. I have a Two more in New York. I have one more in New Jersey. We've got one coming up in New Hampshire and something in Massachusetts in the next couple months. Awesome. So, what do you? What states are you looking to uh, to expand after that, so we can get you hashtagged and hooked up with the right people? I'm looking to start going west a little bit. So, anywhere off of the East Coast, I'm happy. I'm almost on the whole East Coast, California and Mexico. Believe it or not. Wow. Mexico. Where'd you go in Mexico? One of my instructors from upstate New York just moved to Yucatan, Mexico, and she now works there, and Barflow is now international. International. Nice. Yes. I, like I thought it. it was Canada that got us international, but it's Mexico. Did you need me to come down and help out in Mexico <laughs> with Barflow? I, can, I mean, I think it would be great. She's got a hold. Vespa with the Barflow bumper sticker on it. Good to go. <laughs> I can go into all fours, and you could use my back as a bar if you need it. Just, I'll just volunteer. <laughs> It's totally fine. I just pictured that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Carly, where can we find all of your information? Where can we find everything about Barflow and you and the program? Everything on barflow.net. And then you can follow Barflow on Facebook and Barflow on Instagram. Awesome. Because we're going to put all your information up on our website, on, you know, bless it out. Brian, where else does it go? Uh, we put it everywhere. I mean, it goes on our Instagram, it goes on our Facebook, it goes on our Twitter, it goes to my personal LinkedIn, it goes uh, just it's tattooed on everywhere. my arm. Yeah, no, no, we we fly a banner over the beach. <laughs> we'll do whatever you need. Very uh, nice. <laughs> is there a place on the barflow.net that has a directory of um, uh, you know studios and places where where it's available? Yep, there's find a class. Okay, so you can find a barflow class near you, and then there's find a certification. So if you're looking. To get certified, all of the locations are listed. And if you don't find one near you, then there's a contact us and we'll try to set one up. All right. So not to put you on the spot, but this is the last question I have for you, Carly. If you have to leave our listeners with one piece of advice or tidbit or something about... A pearl. Yeah, a pearl. pearl of knowledge that you can leave our listeners with, what would it be? Oh, that's so much pressure. Sorry. <laughs> we'll edit out the long pause. Yeah, if you edit out the long pause. I think that the most important thing when it comes to anything fitness related is if you just start and do it, as soon as you start thinking about it, it'll be done. I used to see, I have a t-shirt that said, if you went for a run the moment you started thinking about it, you'd be done by now. That's and I think that we get in our own heads so much and have so many excuses and keep saying them over and over and we start to believe them. So, you know, it's too cold. It's raining. My foot hurts. My head hurts. My hair's a mess. Like whatever it happens to be, you can just get out of your own way and just do it. You'll feel so much better after you do. Amen. Amen. Here, here. I like it. A pearl was requested and we got a pearl. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Carly. I know our listeners are going to uh, be bonkers over 
bar flow and hopefully be meeting you at the bar. That's not the actual bar, the bar, like bar flow, everybody. And, uh, yes, bar with an E. I love it. So they will, uh, we'll get all your info out. Hopefully, um, they can check that out. Check out your certifications, the program. It's going to be awesome. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Enjoy your 80 degree day. Oh, yeah. It'll be cold again tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or, yeah. No, by uh, Sunday, it's going to be frigid. We'll Great. get the winter hats back out. Good. Enjoy it today. And good luck on Monday. Carly's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And with that said, it's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.